I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 530 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I got an awesome guest for you guys today. Dennis Michael Lynch, better known to his fans as DML, joins me on the podcast. Dennis is an entrepreneur, documentary filmmaker, and host of the DML podcast. He is also the founder of TV360 and the creator of TeamDML.com. Uh, Dennis has got one of the top-rated news apps available in the App Store over there on Apple. He is constantly jumping ahead of all the juggernauts like Fox News and CNN, and he does that for a reason. He gives it to you straight. Dennis's story is one of the American dream. He dropped out of college to start a business, and in less than a year, he became so successful that he took home the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award. But right now, he is mostly known as one of the few people in the media who aren't being controlled, and he hits his millions of listeners with real news, and there is a thirst for the truth right now, and don't we know it. After years of appearing on Fox News and Newsmax and so many other outlets, Dennis launched his own daily program over there on Facebook. He began by recording videos called Walkin' Talks from his Long Island neighborhood. Each video was getting over 7 million views a pop. He became so popular that the fans were pushing him to run for president. He's passionate about what he talks about. He hits people with the truth. He's also got a line of CBD products, of which you guys can now save money on by visiting dmlcbd.com and using the promo code FATHER. You'll save money over there. The link of that will be in the description of today's podcast episode. DML will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Dennis Michael Lynch was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between DML and myself, Please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and I got to say one word about Dennis Michael Lynch here. The success of this podcast always relies on you, the listeners out there, to help me share and spread the word about the podcast, but it also comes from the guests that are on the podcast here. I can never tell, I haven't figured it out yet, which guests will share these episodes on their platforms and which ones won't, but Dennis Michael Lynch has gone above and beyond. He, I had the honor of being interviewed on his podcast. He's really pushed it out there for me. Uh, I really appreciate that. I don't think people realize how much it means to guys like me who are running a podcast here uh, to have their guests spread the word, uh, share it on their social media. It really goes a long way to help the, the podcast out and help us to grow and reach a bigger audience. Uh, I am forever grateful for you guys, the listeners out there, who continue to share this podcast and keep pushing it up in the charts over there. We are one of the top 1% of podcasts being downloaded all over the world. Uh, so I'm just so grateful to Dennis, so grateful to you listeners out there. You can find the link to my interview on the DML podcast in the description of today's podcast episode as well. If you enjoyed today's interview with Dennis, you got to go and check out some of the other news media outlet dads that I've had on the podcast here, including Sean Hannity, Al Roker, Dan Abrams, Pete Hegseth, Carl Higby, and so many others. And be sure you guys are following me over on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace so you can hear all the upcoming guest announcements. If you're enjoying the podcast, please hit me with that rating and review. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about the podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Dennis Michael Lynch. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood.
All right, dads, today's episode of First Class Fatherhood is being sponsored by DMLCBD.com. Let's face it, there's no shortage of reports, videos, and websites showcasing the countless success stories from people of all ages who use CBD to manage their long-term health or pain issues, while others celebrate improvements with their general well-being, mood, and stress levels. And DMLCBD.com has got a wide variety of CBD products for you to choose from. And right now, they got a buy one, get one special. And if you use the promo code FATHER, you're going to get an extra 5% off your order. So you can buy one, get one free, any product on the website, plus get 5% off by using the promo code FATHER at DMLCBD.com. So go visit DMLCBD.com, use the promo code FATHER. You're going to buy one, get one free, plus save 5% off your order. You're going to get a chance to save money, feel better, and help support First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Dennis Michael Lynch. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Alex, thank you for having me. And I got to tell you, I love what you're doing. Well, it's an honor to have you on the podcast here. Let's start just like this. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I have four kids going from top to bottom. It's boy is 25, girl 23, boy 21, girl 12. Wow. Also, I got four myself. We had three boys, then got the girl on the final try. Otherwise, we'd have five by now. But we got her and she runs the show over here. There's something special about little girls, man. I don't know what it is. There's something special about little girls. So you're blessed. Good for you. So we both have four kids. So you know that uh, they drive you crazy, but there's nothing better in the world than having your children. Yeah, well said. Do me a favor here, Dennis. Take a minute to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Wow. All right. Well, I guess now, I mean, I know where you found me from. It's from Facebook Live. I mean, for the past 12 years, I wound up uh, finding myself in the media business, doing films, doing news, did a lot on Fox News for years, then had my own show on Newsmax for a while. Then I left that and I've since then started my own media company. So I have what's called the DML News app. We aggregate news from all over the world. And last week, actually, we were at the top of the Apple charts. We beat Fox News, CNN and New York Times for total, total downloads. So we do that. I make films and I have my Dennis Michael Lynch podcast. And then on top of that, I started a CBD company. I got one of the most successful CBD companies in the country, DMLCBD.com. So I'm a, a serial entrepreneur is the best way to really put at it. I got three businesses, a charity, four kids, a wife. <laughs> so I'm always keeping busy. But, uh, you know, that's really it. I stem back from a business. I started my own business when I was 18. So it was always about being in my own business. I think I got that. In fact, I should say, I know I got that from my father because he was an entrepreneur. And with that being said, it's been the greatest part of my life. Other than being a father and a husband, I've loved being in business. I've met incredible people. I've been able to make myself a pretty nice living, uh, comfortable, work my ass off. But um, this great country has given me the ability to do that. I should also note in there that uh, I lived 9-11. So you being from New Jersey, I'm from Long Island. And uh, originally I live in Florida now. But I was there on that day. I ran from the building. And that is really what changed my life. That's how I got from being a, a CEO and founder of a computer company to then now being in the media. So sort of a lot of story. I just crunched in there for you. But, you know, people who do know me now who get me usually because my Facebook videos go viral. And then a guy like you will be like, who's this? And then before you know it, they figure out who I am. 
Yeah, and I, I love the, the the ability that we all have now to connect with one another, where years ago, it would be almost impossible to connect with so many people to get them on shows like this. So I love what you do. I respect the hustle. And take me back now to the beginning of your fatherhood journey then. I know you said you have the four kids. About how old were you when you first became a dad and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, you know, I just sat there and told you about all my successes. I, I think my successes stem back from the fact that my father wasn't a good father. Uh, that's an important part to state. Uh, he was a 1-9 Marine, also labeled as the walking dead in Vietnam. So when he came back, he had terrible PTSD, alcoholism, drugs, you name it. But he and mom had me right away. And then it was rough going. Uh, when you got a dad who's really screwed up from the war and defending his country, I can, I, you could have me on here for 10 hours. I wouldn't have every story. But I took that negative and I took it into a positive. And I actually thank my dad uh, for what he did, not only for the country, but teaching me what not to do. So I took the script of what he did and I flipped it. And everything that went wrong as a kid, I've made sure that I kept that far away from my family and used those lessons as a way of making what I think is the greatest family in the country. I mean, I don't think there's a tighter family than the Lynch tribe. With that said, I met my wife, Mary, on the first day of high school in ninth grade. And I remember going home and telling my mom, I said, I just met the girl I'm gonna marry. And she obviously laughed. Uh, her and dad were divorced by then. She's like, okay. And I got that one right. So Mary and I have been together since we were in ninth grade. We had our first son, Dennis. I named him after myself and after my dad uh, when I was 25 years old. So I guess you'd say it all started when I was 25. That first child came out. and it, I can tell you that very moment right there. I'm, I don't have to tell you, you got four kids. That very moment right there changes everything. Because at that point in my life, everything was really about me. You know, how's my business is doing? How am I? How much money am I making? What's Mary making me for dinner? And then all of a sudden it turned out to be about now all of a sudden it was about my kid and everything flipped. And it, it, it's it stays the single greatest day of my life was when I, my first son was born, because that has set the next 20, I'm 52. That's set the next 27 years of my life. Yeah, great stuff, Dennis. And I love what you say there, how you flip the script, because one thing I focus on a lot on my show is the fatherless crisis. So many kids growing up without a father or father figure in their life. And it seems to be that way where certain kids will grow up without a father and have that bad experience. And then they'll have a kid and they'll disown the kid. They'll walk away because that's what they were shown. Other people turn it around and say, that's not what I'm going to do. And that's where some really great stories come out of. I liken it a lot to like alcoholism. Like I grew up, uh, I'm a recovering alcoholic myself. My parents were alcoholics, but my brother who grew up in the same house, he went the other way and said, this is not how I'm going to live my life. So it kind of, he made that decision that that's not who I'm going to be. I followed in the path right near footsteps and ended up landing myself in a lot of trouble. I think it's the same way uh, with fatherhood. If we, we can break those chains, I think we could really see some real positive force. I think the number one social issue we have in our country right now is the fatherless crisis, the breakdown of the nuclear family. If we tighten these family units, maybe bring some God back into focus. 90% of the problems we see would start to dissolve quickly here. Uh, let me tell you, so you just nailed it on the head. Uh, first of all, we got a lot in common. My brother, I think he's been married four times. Uh, and so he's, in my opinion, he's had a struggle. So where I learned what not to do, uh, because he was younger growing up, it may have impacted him in a different way. 
And therefore, you know, he hasn't been able to experience uh, what I've been able to experience, which is the family that he and I should have had as a kid. Uh, with that said, I think you are spot on correct when you look at the statistics. And even if I go back into my own life, you know, I, I don't want to make it sound as if I was this perfect soldier like you. Um, you know, I, I started playing with alcohol too much when I was in high school. It's all I knew, you know, and then eventually I realized the fact that if I kept going in that path, I was going to be my father and I didn't want to do that. And I meant in terms of, you know, the alcohol, the alcoholism. And my wife was a big influence. Her family was a big Irish family, lots of kids, everything that I always wanted. And I didn't want to throw that away for, you know, beers and cocktails and scotch and everything else of that nature. So I put that in check that, yeah, you know what, I'm going to be able to drink, but I got to be able to manage it and I got to be responsible. It's always been the thing I put at the top there. When you go into the part that you said about the family unit, I agree with you. The media, as far as I'm concerned, is the biggest problem facing this country. But when you start to zero in on different things, we have too many broken homes. And I understand that there is a lot of reasons in America, which we have to fix, by the way, our, you know, our leaders have to fix this. We almost give reason for parents to break up. We make it too expensive to live in the United States of America. We make it too much of a challenge for parents to be able to build that basis for an American dream, not just for them, but for their children as their children grow up. If you look at something like South Chicago and just look at the demographic of uh, newborn to 42 years old, the number one reason, the one number one cause for a black male to die in this country between the ages of zero and 42 is that of homicide by another black male. Now you go down even further and you look at, well, what's the ratio here of parents staying home? When you look at the black community, and I'm just picking on the black community, I could go to the white community when it comes to drugs. But when you look at the black community, only 66%, I'm sorry, 66% of the families are single parent at home. And most of the time, it's not the dad there. So I've always made the argument, just using this one specific sort of story, is if we could help that community have it where parents can stay together, I bet you we would see crime in the area, this one, South Chicago, we would see crime drop. We'd see more of those kids, instead of wanting to pick up a gun or pick up a gang, they'd wind up joining uh, you know, their local YMCA, or they'd be playing the sports, getting a job, going to school, starting a business, because you need mom and dad I know it's not the perfect scenario every time. There are things that, you know, God does that we can't answer for. It takes a parent too early or what have you. But if we could focus on bringing the family unit back to being the core principle of the United States of America, half of the problems that we see today, gangs, gun violence, drug use, dropping out of school, poor grades in school. We're doing horrible, Alec. When you look at us against other industrialized nations, we should be at the top, we're the United States of America, we should be at the top of every single last thing, reading, math, science, you name it, and we're towards the bottom in almost every category when compared against industrialized nations. You have to look at that from a parenting standpoint, and I bet you, I've never done this look, and I know I'm going long, but I'm very passionate about this, Alec. If you were to look at the children who are failing today, 
I guarantee you in nine out of 10 times, it would be because they're in a fatherless home or they're in a home with only one parent where maybe dad's got to work three jobs, mom's not around. The family unit has been lost in this country and we're not going to find our way until we fight to bring it back. And it's going to be no, 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 no BS here. I'm not kissing your butt. It's going to be guys like you because, you know, I don't do these kind of things anymore. I mean, I used to be on television all the time and I stopped. And when you reached out to me, I looked at it and I see all the people you had on here. And I said, this guy is trying to do the right thing. And he's and you got your finger on the pulse of America. And I cannot say to you uh, enough of thank you for what you're doing. And you got it. You got to take it all the way, bro, because I think your podcast is going to be one of the biggest ones there is once people know about it. Yeah. Thank you, Dennis. I, I, I love what you say there. And, I, and listen, I am passionate about it. And I really think there's enough people out there reporting on the negative things that are happening in our world. So they don't need another guy tacking, piling on to that. But I, I really do think, and as you say, America leads the world in single parent households, uh, according to a study from 2019. I'm sure it still holds true right now. But even if you look at the demographics, like you mentioned there, if you look at the top earners in this country, uh, it goes Asian, Caucasian, Spanish, African-American. And when you look at the fatherless households, it's in the exact same order. African-American, Hispanic, Caucasian, Asian. And it's like that for a reason. And those statistics hold true through everything. Teenage pregnancy, teenage suicide, the drug use and on and on. So uh, it it obviously is an epidemic that we have uh, of the family units in our country. So let me let me bring it right back into you as a dad here, Dennis. What would you consider to be the top values that you had hoped to instill in your kids growing up? Well, I didn't. (laughs) There's no hope. I did it. And, uh, you know, I, there's no hope I did it. I mean, I was, uh, I go back to my dad, right? I, I think we all, if we had that opportunity with our dad and I had it, I had time with him up to about, I was 12 years old until he left. My dad was big into discipline. Again, he's a one nine Marine, right? So if, uh, if I didn't eat my peas or if I didn't finish my plate, uh, I got a couple of F bombs as if I was talking to my drill sergeant. I won't say it cause this is a family show, but he'd be like, Hey, Sit down. You don't leave the table until that plate is cleared. And you know what I didn't do? I didn't leave the table until that thing was cleared. If my father told me to go left, I went left. If he said go to right, I went to the right. And the reason being is because I had so much respect for his authority. It wasn't so much because I was afraid of getting my ass whooped, which, of course, that never felt good. But the the key was to stay out of those situations. So when my father gave me a directive, I understood that he was giving it to me because he was my father and I listened. So at the same time is, you know, there were times when I would see my father, you know, liquored up and that's nothing that a child should ever have to see. So that's where I took those sort of set of principles and brought them into my child's life. And all of my kids know you hold the door open for somebody. You always respect your elders. You always say please. You always say thank you. You always give somebody the respect that you'd want them to give back. You don't talk back to your mother. You talk back to your mother and you're going to have yourself one hell of a day with me. And so I've taught him that sort of thing. In terms of society, I told him to look at people as equal. Everybody is equal. Do not judge somebody by the way they look. Give them a moment to actually shine their personality upon you. If they're negative, stay away from those people. The negative people will always drag you down. If they're positive, if you can see they need a little bit of confidence, give it to them. You see a kid sitting by himself at at, at lunch, don't sit there and jump on him and make fun of him. Anybody could do that. Do the tough thing. Go over and sit next to that person and invite him over to the table. Imagine you are the person at that table and what you would feel like and how nice it would be as if you invited somebody over. 
All of these different things, hard work, come to work with daddy. They'd always come to work with me. I said, you know what? If you're an entrepreneur, you could really make anything in this world. You could be anything of yourself in this world, but you've got to start and you've got to get all the way to the end. No quitting in between. And so when my kids wanted to quit a sport or they wanted to quit an instrument or they wanted to quit a class, I said, did you give it everything you had? And if they couldn't look at me and say, yes, then they had to stay in. If they said, dad, I've given it everything I have and it's just not for me. I say, okay, no sense wasting time. Move on. So whether it was family, whether it was business, whether it was school, whether it was relationships, I took all of those things that I learned from my dad, both positive and negative, and from my mom, positive and negative, and I instilled it in my children. And I got to tell you today, to this day, I get compliments all the time. Oh, I love your home. Oh, I love your boat. Oh, I love your podcast. Oh, I love this. The number one compliment I have ever received, and it's a good story if I'm allowed to tell it to you, the best compliment I've ever got is, oh my God, your boy is so great. Oh my God, your daughter is so great. Oh my God, your family's so amazing. That is the number one compliment any father could ever want. So, I mean, I got a good little story for if you want it short. Yeah, I, I, I love to hear it. All right, good. I went to a restaurant one time and I had the kids. They, they were younger, right? The, the, four, the, the, the three of them. The fourth one wasn't born yet. She's much younger. So the other three, we went to a restaurant. And my kids on that particular day were all fired up. And you know this, your dad of four, uh, there are sometimes you go to a restaurant and every single two seconds, you're going to be asked a question by one of your kids. And they're going to be a little bit noisier maybe than you like. And I kept on telling them, like, guys, stop. Bring it down, bring it down, bring it down. And I kept on answering every question incoming. And the couple next to us, they were an older couple, probably in their late 60s. They, they stood up and they left. And as they were leaving, I put my hand up and I said, excuse me, ma'am. She said, yes. I said, I want to apologize if, if we ruined your dinner because my kids were loud, whatever. I said, I apologize in a big way. And she said, are you kidding me? She said, we were just saying how much we appreciated seeing a family like you sitting there. She goes, you're one of the best dads I've seen in a very long time. That to me is one of the greatest compliments I've ever received in my entire life. I, I, I hear what you're saying there, too, and I, I, I've experienced this with my wife when we were out maybe with two of them or three of them, whatever it was. And when people come over and say, hey, just want to let you know you're doing a great job. You guys, are, your kids are so well behaved. It does. It means the world. And I've made sure to pay that forward that whenever I'm out in a restaurant, I see a young couple with a newborn, with a couple of kids, and they're giving them the business over there. I always make sure to go over and tell them, hey, you guys are doing great. Kids are well behaved. And I, I know how much that feels. Uh, good to hear. That's why I always make sure whenever I'm out or when I see a parent waiting in line, I, I try to distract the kid with some funny faces when they're misbehaving because we've all been in those situations. And I think going back to what you said, I mean, I know you said you were there, 9-11, obviously a big impact on this entire region here. Um, but at, everyone remembers 9-12, the amount of patriotism that was there, the amount of humanity, everyone cared for one another, everyone felt connected in some way. And I think that's the way it is through family. I think through family, like if you're at a football game and a kid gets hurt and a dad goes running out on the field because the kid is hurt, we all connect immediately. We're all, we all empathize with that dad. And we're all either saying, thank God it's not our kid. I hope that guy's kid is okay. Cause we know how it feels. We don't wonder, is that guy a Democrat? Is that guy a Republican? We don't care. Cause we just want to, we want to make sure his kid's okay because we know what it feels like. And I think the media divides us and we're so much more alike than we are different that they really want to make us think that, you know, we're, we're so much different than we are. And it, it makes me sick to obviously see so much of it that's going on out there and we're being pulled apart by so much of it. That's why I love what you're 
you're doing. You give out there. You're giving this real news. You're jumping the ratings uh, because I think people are just being jerked around. And Hollywood puts out this image that the single life is far better and more attractive uh, than the family life. We see the single guy. He's always getting laid. He's always having a great time. No responsibilities. And the family guy, whenever we see him, his head is down. He's never getting any tail. His life sucks. And everyone's like, why would you choose that route? when you could be this other guy. So uh, I, I think those things combined are really just putting a bad light on the family unit. Oh, man, I got a lot to respond there. First of all, you are a very smart man. Um, look at your background that you have right now. I'm looking at it, right? You know, I, I see Hannity. I see Al Roker. I see uh, Matthew McCogney. I see sports figures. I see uh, musicians. You've brought together uh, a collection of Democrats, independents, Republicans, conservatives, far liberals. And the way that you have done it is by you've, you've connected to one common thing about fatherhood. So at the end of the day, even though we may disagree on almost everything politically, especially in this environment, because the media makes more money when you're clicking. You know, as a guy who's been in the media for 12 years, let me tell you something. Race baiting stories horrible storms that never come out to be and the left is beating up the right and the right is beating up the left are the things that get all the clicks so the media is going to continue to try to drive a wedge between us because they're monetizing it and we have to be very smart as parents we have to be very smart as americans not to fall for that trap and i will bring it back to 9 11 because you brought up a great thing Whereas the birth of my first son stands as the greatest day of my life because it started that new phase that I wanted to be a great family man and a great dad and, and all the things we've talked about. The worst day of my life was on 9-11. And as I stood at the bottom of the Twin Towers and I looked up, you know, I saw people waving white shirts, white tablecloths, whatever it was. And I remember looking up and, and seeing these people 80 stories high. And then simply, they just leaned over and jumped. And you have to imagine how bad it is up there to say that leaning out of the window and falling 80 stories is the better of the deaths that you can choose from. Uh, I stood there. I'm a pretty tough guy. I like to think I'm a pretty tough guy. I hold my own. I've always done it. Football, sports, whatever, boxing. I stood there and cried like a baby. And the thought that went through my head at the time was, I wonder how many of these people didn't get to give their kids a kiss this morning. How many people left, uh, you know, in a rush to catch the train? How many people didn't say I love you before they walked out the door? How many people are begging that their children and their wife or their husband or whoever it was that was left behind is going to know how much I love them? And I, I just thought of that. You know, my God, how how desperate that must have felt, how lonely, how horrifying that must have felt. That's why that day, that day impacted me in such a, a such a way. Uh, I, I want to tell you another quick story. I mean, um, one that really impacted me in a huge way, if I may. I don't it's, it's your it's your show. Yeah, shoot out. OK. Um, when my first son was born, he was very colicky. Very colicky. I mean, to the point of we lived in a small home, very humble beginnings. And my bedroom and his bedroom were right next to each other. And so if I lay in the bed and he finally fell asleep and if I went to clear my throat, like <clears throat> he'd start crying. My wife would hit the hell out of me, you know, like, shut up. I said, my God, I coughed. 
it was terrible. So we would get him at two o'clock in the morning and drive him around the neighborhood just to try to get him the rock to sleep. You get him at three o'clock in the morning, you bring him in, you put him down in the, in the crib, and my God, he'd start again. It was a nightmare. Every single night I had me for a year. I didn't sleep. It was, it, was, it was the worst period of my life for sleeping. And I had a golf outing. I had the Geraldo Rivera golf outing. You know Geraldo Rivera, right, from Fox News? So we had a golf outing. And that morning, I had clients flying in for this big golf outing, and Dennis wouldn't sleep the entire night. And we drove him around. I put him down at like six in the morning. He started crying again. My wife was a mess. I literally turned around and punched my hand through the wall because I was just so frustrated. And I remember saying to my wife, take that kid to the doctor. Something's wrong with him. Well, long story short, I go to the Geraldo Rivera outing. And uh, Geraldo used to do this as a charity for a, I uh, can't remember the name of the school, it eludes me, but it was sort of a, uh, it was a school slash, uh, I don't know, some sort of environment for, for challenged children, mentally challenged, physically challenged children. And they did a video at the dinner uh, after golf. And it was the parents speaking about their children and how much they appreciated the donations that came in and how difficult it was to try to make these children have a good life. And I sat there again, Mr. Tough Guy, crying my eyes out that here I was sitting about my children, my son, who's completely healthy, just had some colic going on that I would put my hand to the wall. That was the last time I ever complained about anything uh, with anything of my children of that nature. It was, it was a real eye opener. And again, you know, sometimes you got to take the negatives in your life and you got to switch into the positives and figure it out. And I remember my my whole disposition about everything that happens with the kids when it's not a good thing. You just got to look at it and say, hey, I'm, I'm happy for the opportunity to be able to be a father in this situation. How do I make this better for my son who's colicky? So it was a great story. It's one that I always like to tell. Yeah, there's no doubt that that life humbles you and it seems to open your eyes to certain things and put things in perspective at certain times in your life. And I guess they come along at the right time for the right reason. So uh, being able to re recognize them and realize them is, is key to all that. And one thing I want to ask you here, Dennis, I, I like to ask the seasoned dads that have been through this stuff, uh, because like I said, my, my daughter is my only girl. She's only seven right now. I'm not looking forward to that. Her when she starts hitting that dating scene, you've been there through this. So what kind of advice or what kind of uh, advice? Could you give to somebody there? How'd you handle it when your daughter started to get old enough to hit the dating scene? <laughs> Man, I wish I wish my daughter was home right now. So <laughs> I got two girls. One right now is 12 years old. She's starting to enter the realm. You know, the boys are looking at her. This and that. She's very pretty, right? Her body's starting to change. So thank God I lived through this already. But man, you're, you're in for it. You got a couple of years. You better <laughs> hold on tight while they're still there. But my older daughter is gorgeous. In fact, uh, I, don't know, I probably got a picture somewhere around here. But my older daughter is beautiful, like a model. And so I used to say to her all the time, brainwashing her as she was growing up, let me see you say, no boys, no boys, no boys, no boys, no boys, no boys. <laughs> my whole thing was I just wanted to get her out through high school without any boyfriends. I wanted her to focus in on sports. I wanted her to focus in on school, stay away from the boys, and then once you get to college, I realize I'm going to basically lose it. But if I would have taught you what you needed to know, how to respect yourself and realize that these guys, they really don't love you at 12 years old. They really don't love you at 16 years old. They think they love you, but you want to hold on to what you can hold on to for as long as you can. 
And thank God, I worked it, man. Alec, I worked it almost every day. And I remember my daughter going to colleges. We, we always take walks together. We're best friends. And uh, we were walking, and she was going to college. And I said, you know what? I got to ask you a question. I said, it's going to make you uncomfortable. She says, what is it? I said, are you going to college as a virgin? And she said, I am, Dad. And I said, you know what? I did my job. I did my job. <laughs> I said, you're such a good girl. And to that, she always treats herself as a woman, meaning that she understands the value that she holds as a human being. And if somebody else isn't going to give her the respect, that it's basically they're not worth her time. And I've been able to punch that home. And thank God. And now today, she, you know, out of all the businesses I told you, my, my most successful one is my CBD business. She runs that entire business. I mean, so at 23 years old, we got her. So guys, I'm telling you right now, you remember, come on, Alec, you know, we all know what we were like when we saw somebody we thought was hot, right? We were all doing <laughs> everything you could. You took out all the BS stories you had. You know, you got to train your daughter on what it is that you did. Let her know what it is that guys are out to do. The other thing I would say, make sure you tell your daughter that she never leaves her drink on the bar. Always hold that drink. That's the other thing I was telling. I said, always hold that drink. Don't leave it. Don't turn your back. Somebody stick something in that drink. Make sure you always have that drink in your hand. That's the one. So there's no boys, no drinking. And if you do drink, don't ever turn your back on your drink. That's my advice. <laughs> Well, I love it, Dennis. Thanks for sharing that with me here. Last thing I want to hit you with, I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Twofold, if I may, um, depending on their ages, because they obviously they grow up, right? Number one is never, ever underestimate the value of spending time with your children. When they ask you to have a catch, I don't care if you got a conference call. I don't care what else it is. I don't care what golf game or, or NFL game is on. Get the attention to your child first, because I can tell you right now, there have been a couple of times in my life, Alec, when I was sick and I didn't know if I was going to make it or this and that. And I never think about missing the NFL or the golf or a conference call. I always think about my kids. Spend every minute with your kid that you can, because not only is it great for you, you're going to take that time and squeeze it and hold on to it like there's nothing ever else. But that's basically what's going to help shape these children's lives for the rest of their life. And then number two, and there may be a lot of people who disagree with me on this one, but if I can do it again with my oldest, my three oldest, I would have saved the money that I spent on sending them to college. Uh, I think in today's day and age, Everything has become so politi political and it's so politicized and so, you know, left versus right and black versus white, I, you know, left versus right, black versus white, vaccinated versus unvaccinated is always a fight. And I feel like the college environment is what's really driving a lot of that early on. I'd say send your kid to trade school. So instead of saying $200,000 on a university that you're going to come away with, each one of my kids came out of school. Great grades, Alec. But they all said, oh, what am I going to do now? And they were all working for me. I would have preferred to just give the money and said, start a business, go to trade school, become a plumber, become an electrician, become a carpenter, become you know, a painter. Those are the people who I know, all my buddies who got tons of money. They all have their own businesses of that nature. So you know, that's what would be my early on, spend every minute. Later on, I don't know. 
don't fall for the college thing. I don't think college is what it used to be, to be quite honest. I agree with you, and I love the message. Uh, I got to say, this has been a lot of fun for me. Uh, Dennis Michael Lynch, you're a first-class father all the way, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Alec, keep on doing what you're doing, man. I think it's the most important podcast on the internet, to be quite honest, and I'd like to have you on my show as something that would be reciprocal. I think my audience needs to hear more from you, and so does everybody else. I'd be honored, and I appreciate that, Dennis. Thank you very much. All right, Alec, thank you. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to DML, Dennis Michael Lynch, for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Uh, please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about the episode. I always love to read your feedback. Don't forget, get over to DMLCBD.com and check out the wide variety of CBD products available. Uh, Dennis Michael Lynch stands behind his products. He uses his products, and you are going to save an extra 5%. Buy one, get one free, plus an extra 5% by using the promo code FATHER. All right, so visit dmlcbd.com, use the promo code FATHER, buy one, get one free, and get an extra 5% off. Help support the podcast and feel better while you're doing it. And don't forget to check out my interview on Dennis's podcast, the DML Podcast. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. I think you guys will really enjoy it. I take a deep dive into the real fatherless crisis that we got going on in our country here. Uh, and Dennis does a tremendous job with his podcast, so go check it out. All right, that's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Your half-truths and tales As tall as the trees And a soft feeling